0: Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBRI podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBRI, and I'm delighted to be joined on the pod by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zaruk. So this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We aim to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them. And give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. So, this is episode two of FX Talk on Thursday, the 18th of June. And on today's podcast, we'll begin by talking about, firstly, the latest COVID 19 virus numbers and what kind of impact they're having on the FX market. We'll then move on and talk about our thoughts on this afternoon's Bank of England meeting and finish with our spotlight currency for the week, which this week is the Chinese Yuan. But before we get into that, a brief summary of what we've seen in the market in the past couple of weeks. It's been a fortnight characterised by a number of growing uncertainties in the market, which have caused investors to generally favour the safe havens. The latest virus numbers out of the US continue to provide cause for concern, as has reports of a spike in new virus cases in Beijing and geopolitical tensions in parts of Asia. This has sent the dollar higher in trade-weighted terms and brought a brief halt to the recent rallies witnessed in both the euro and the pound. Aside from that, the Federal Reserve indicated last week that it will likely keep rates on hold in the US – for the foreseeable future, at least through to the end of 2022. This comes despite a general rebound in recent US data, with non-farm payrolls and retail sales data for May surprising significantly to the upside. This has fueled hopes of an economic recovery, perhaps closer to a V-shape than a U-shape. Now with that out of the way, on with the podcast.
1: Welcome to the second edition of FX Talk. Uh, We had a pretty good uh, reception to the first one. Hopefully, we'll live up to the expectations of the second one. And I would like to start by mentioning that what we've seen in the last two weeks is that that relentless rally in risk assets worldwide because of the optimism of the recovery happening faster than expected has petered out somewhat. We have now much more two-way flow in the markets. rallies and sell-offs alternating. And the main reason here is, I think, is there's going to be concerns about what happens in a second wave of contag- contagion. Uh, there's two focus of order right now. One is uh, China, where Beijing has uh, had another, so far, very small outbreak, but the authorities have uh, reacted very swiftly and have shut down schools on universities and um, uh, two thirds of uh, incoming flights. And the other source of concern, frankly, is the United States where the overall numbers continue to go down very slowly, if at all, contagion numbers and death numbers, and some states, uh, Texas and California, uh, are probably the most notorious, but Illinois and Florida as well, are really seeing uh, increases, uh, very steady increases in hospitalizations and cases. so that's been driving uh, much more two-way flow in the markets uh, where uh, stocks have trouble rallying and emerging market currencies have given up some of their recent gains
0: yeah well, i think i think that market reaction that you, you mentioned uh, is understandable the markets understandably a bit jittery surrounding the, the latest virus numbers potentially surrounding this possibility of a second wave of infection i think the Reintroduction of containment measures, whether it's on a more wide scale or e- even more sort of regional base is, is one of the biggest risks, if not the biggest risk to the global economy and the FX market in the next few months. And um, yeah, the increasing cases in the US, as you mentioned, um, is a big cause for concern, particularly given I think it's around about a dozen cases um, or a dozen states, I should say, that are still recording fresh record high numbers uh, of virus infections. So. Yeah, that is a genuine cause for concern. Um Regarding China, I think there's no reason to panic just yet. Um, we're seeing a few uh, flare-ups of new cases in Beijing, of course, but uh, it's worth noting that these new new cases have been relatively small uh, in nature. Um, so the market reaction, while it's understandably jittery, I think it's been a slight overreaction so far, um, but, of course, should this trend in, in new cases continue, particularly in China, um, then this would present a, a quite significant risk, I think.
2: Yeah, I generally agree with that, but I also think that when it comes to the emerging market rally, uh, it was just too pronounced because emerging markets typically, they don't appreciate as fast and in many cases, even the most risky currencies and those with uh, even uh, relatively poor fundamentals, uh, they have rallied really strongly, rebounding either half of their losses or even in some cases, uh, practically entirely from their lows. Uh, which, basically, in my opinion, uh, was not uh, not as justified at this point, considering the risks that that we are seeing everywhere, especially the second wave.
1: Agree. Okay. Um, and one thing that I would like to make in the, in the uh, in the sense of general comments about uh, currency markets is that the euro, though it has given up some of its recent gains uh, in view of this latest uh, wave of risk aversion, seems to have. It seems to be presenting shallow rally, shallow sell-offs, and sharp rallies. Meaning that when the conditions are favorable to the euro, it seems to go up fast. When the markets turn more cautious, uh, like they are right now, uh, it seems to give up only part of the gains. Which I think that it's it's um, it's decent support for our uh, thesis that uh, the euro is uh, the more bullish on the euro. The euro is more likely to go up than down. And here, one detail that uh, that, that I think that that one reaction, market reaction, that is worth following in the future is when the Fed announced its latest uh, round of stimulus this week. When they were trying to, uh, they announced that they were going to purchase corporate bonds. Right was, I believe that's that's the latest facility they announced. The dollar briefly sold off in reaction. To the those news up until now in the crisis, the more aggressive uh, major central banks were the, the it was it was it was considered a positive for the currency. But a brief moment we saw a bit of a uh, 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 we saw the market wavering in that and actually reacting the way uh, you would have expected before the crisis markets to react to announcements of uh, monetary stimulus. Uh, it, it bears watching. It's just one instance. The sell-off did not last long in the dollar but it's definitely bears water.
0: Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on in the next few weeks, particularly the upcoming central bank meetings. Um, should we move on to our, our second topic? And there's a nice segue into our second topic, which is uh, the Bank of England and its uh, latest announcement this afternoon. Um, just a quick quick recap. Um, as expected, rates were kept unchanged, um, although the bank did vote 8-1 in favour of ramping up its quantitative easing programme, uh, by an additional £100 billion. So it takes the total capacity of the programme up to £745 billion, which is actually right in line with our expectations. Um, so, so, what do you guys think of today's Bank of England announcement? Do you think uh, this continued poli- policy accommodation, not just in the UK, but uh, across the, 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 the globe, do we think that's justified?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, uh, the announcement was roughly what the market expected, but I think at the margin, perhaps it was less dovish. Than, than we expected because they did acknowledge. It's the first central bank, um, major central bank that has acknowledged an improvement in the in, in these. I mean, the, the still dismal economic data, and the first bank, the central bank that has acknowledged that uh, the economic impact of the pandemic may not be quite as uh, dramatic as the worst projections done at the depth of the crisis. So I think that uh, it it. The Compared to the Federal Reserve, uh, that last week had uh, uh, basically all but de- dismissed uh, the signs of that economy tr- uh, contraction was not as bad as expected, I think compared to that, the, the, uh, the Bank of England has taken a slightly less dovish stack. It'll be interesting to see if any other central banks follow the lead.
2: Yeah, I would like to uh, stress one thing in in this context, because Enrique said that uh, the Federal Reserve uh, decided to enter the purchases of corporate bonds uh, more directly by buying individual bonds. Uh, Right now, Bank of England, uh, in this expansion of the uh, asset purchase program, they did not include the corporate bonds and they did in the previous one. So I would say that this fact plus the fact that uh, the Bank of England's uh, chief economists uh, decided to uh, not support the expansion of the program is somewhat hawkish at this point and also the fact that they decided to really taper off the speed at which they are buying those bonds. So right now they are moving from around 13.5 billion to around 5 billion uh, before the end of the year uh, which is roughly uh, 40% of the speed so, the support that the market, that the bond market will receive, uh, is lower than it used to be. And it's much lower, I would say. Uh, and it's not as extensive. So, it's not including the corporate bond markets.
0: Yeah, I think that slower pace. You mentioned slower pace of purchasing going forward. Probably one of the main reasons why we saw that little bit of a sell off in the pound immediately after the meeting. Also, the fact that uh, some of the uh, the market were. Aiming or were looking for a slightly larger expansion in the QE of 150 or even 200 uh, billion pounds. So the fact that we saw that slightly lower 100 billion pound increase, um, I think it's why we saw uh, that bit of a move lower in the pound. But yeah, overall, the key takeaway for me was it's generally slightly more hawkish than we'd expected. Actually, in terms of um, their expectations for the second quarter growth, they don't, don't quite expect it to be as bad as they'd anticipated in May. Um, and also the, the complete lack of appetite that the Bank of England has at this stage, it appears, uh, for negative interest rates, something that the market began pricing in back in sort of May time. Um, we've seen sort of very, very little, we actually saw no talk at all regarding the possibility, uh, of negative rates, um, from the MPC, uh, this month's meeting, um, which is certainly, uh, I, th- I think, a positive for the pound um, over the more medium term.
1: Shall we move on to the, uh, the last topic of the podcast, the yuan, a surprisingly resilient yuan throughout the crisis. Basically, I'd like to, I'd like to remark on how uh, the yuan, the Chinese yuan, um, has been one of the most stable currencies throughout the crisis, even at the worst of the sell-off in March um, when you had the, the, the pound, the uh, cable dropped to one fifteen. at some point there was like a complete absence of liquidity. Even at the worst of that crisis, the Yuan was both relatively stable, it, always, it, it, uh, it was more stable than, than any uh, G10 currency relative to the dollar at the depth of the crisis, and also liquid. And the remarkable aspect to this stability is that if you look at the uh, currency reserves, Uh, of the Chinese Central Bank, they have been unchanged, essentially unchanged throughout the crisis, which means that this stability uh, was not a result of intervention. In fact, uh, um, intervention in support of the yuan does not seem to have been a a significant feature of uh, yuan trading since the crisis. Uh, I think that the fact that the yuan has traded more like a stable, G-10 uh, currency, more stable than most G-10 currencies rather than an emerging market currency, is a remarkable change of this crisis. And perhaps it has to do uh, with the perception that the Chinese government has handled the pandemic better than uh, many G-10 countries.
0: Yeah, it is, it is remarkable. I think even you look prior to the, the pandemic, um, before the, the virus has actually spread aggressively outside of China um c m y was it sold off, but the losses were very very minimal um and it's emerged as well, pretty much the, the least volatile emerging market currency uh, in the world aside from those that have a pegged exchange rate um in terms of why that's the case i think i think at least part of it has to do a bit with investor perception i think obviously reserve data is showing that the central bank has not really had to intervene uh an aggressive pace in the, in the FX market but I think the fact that um, investors know that the BBOC does have plenty of ammunition available to support the currency if needed um, and it will continue to, to keep the, the currency within that 2% daily currency band. I think given that I think there's been a bit of a lack of appetite or lack of interest in investors to aggressively um, sell or short the currency um, and then I think instead investors have favoured other emerging market currencies that could prove slightly more profitable, profitable during the, the volatile trading period
2: yeah I agree but generally we are still at relatively weak levels uh, with the Yuan Uh, it's still above the psychological level 7 which is a lucky number in China and everywhere else in the world Uh, but what uh, generally I think about the Yuan is that yes it has been extremely strong but I think that one of the the reasons that it hasn't been as volatile is the fact that the Chinese uh, really uh, want to internalize it uh, internationalize it so there is a strong uh, emphasis on making the yuan an international currency. It's used more often uh, in trade globally and we can see it in data over the past few years. And generally I think that you know, even if we are not seeing that the central bank is intervening directly by using the, the FX reserves, it doesn't mean that they are not doing uh, everything to protect the stability of the currency. I, I just think that the pressure uh, on the yuan hasn't been as strong so far. Uh, but generally this is their main goal and I think that the volatility of the currency is, is likely going to remain relatively low compared to the other emerging markets simply because they don't have this goal of making their currencies international and more used in trade and China China does have this goal.
1: Oh, I, I agree and I, just, but I think what's remarkable is that the stability in the yuan uh, has been mostly due to the absence of worry from investors given the fact that the Chinese authorities have not had to really intervene directly. Uh, that uh, international holders of yuan seem to be relatively comfortable that uh, their their assets will be protected. I think that that is, a, like you said, that's a huge step forward in the internalization of the yuan. And I think that uh, the internalization of the yuan has always lacked expectations, has always been slower than most people expected. Uh, corporations, trade flows are still uh, denominated in yuan are growing growing but quite slowly and i think that the but i think that this crisis and the fact that the yuan managed to weather it so well will be a huge boost toward internalization of the yuan in the coming years
0: and that just about does it from us we're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets visit Ebury's website follow us on social media and don't forget to let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during upcoming pods keep an eye out for our next episode in a couple of weeks time thank you all very much for listening